Welcome to Prescribed Listening from the University of Toledo Medical Center. Today's guest is Teresa Garris, a certified nurse practitioner. Teresa walks through signs and symptoms of heart failure and how to live with the condition. Hi, my name is Teresa Garris. I am a nurse practitioner and the heart failure coordinator here at the University of Toledo Medical Center. I have had the opportunity to work with a great team here at UTMC and um, very proud of the awards we have obtained for our heart failure program here at UTMC. As of 2018, we're currently accredited by the Joint Commission on Advanced Heart Failure Management at the university. We just recently repeated our first uh, renewal on that advanced certification that was just completed in August uh, 2021. In addition, we've received multiple awards through the Get With the Guidelines Heart Failure Program, and um, in addition, uh, recognition in the U.S. News and World Report's uh, Best Hospital Edition. It takes a complete team, including numerous um, disciplines to be able to carry out a heart failure program. And I'm very proud of the participants in our program, which has existed since um, approximately 2015. It's obvious that as our population grows, uh, heart failure disease will be present. It's estimated currently that approximately 2 million people living with heart failure. But as we do age within um, approximately 2030, it's anticipated there will be 8 million. This obviously uh, gives us a good idea into the future for how this will impact us with a financial burden in our healthcare system uh, and will require many additional medical therapies to be able to help control this uh, disease. Heart failure is a chronic disease state, and oftentimes um, people think that it is treatable and just goes away. This is not true. It is a chronic disease state, and it has a mortality that is very similar to that of colon cancer. Um, it's estimated that the five-year survival rate of someone diagnosed with heart failure is 50% in five years and that is looking at a non-treated or undertreated population. So heart failure is kind of an old-fashioned sounding term and, and one that often scares patients. Um, heart failure's actually been known back into ancient times, dating back as far as even 1500s BC. It's a clinical syndrome with symptoms caused by structural and or functional cardiac abnormality. The corroboration of this diagnosis is frequently done with an elevated brain natriuretic peptide level and or evidence, clinical evidence of pulmonary or systemic congestion. Um, as I said, heart failure is a chronic disease. There are different types of heart failure. The two most common that are described will be systolic heart failure, which is now termed heart failure reduced ejection fraction, which references a, quote, weak heart pump. The second is diastolic heart failure or heart failure with preserved ejection fraction. 
This describes a stiffening of the uh, heart muscle. The left ventricle cannot relax to meet the needs of the body demands. There are additionally other variants within heart failure that are described, some suggesting uh, stress cardiomyopathy, which results in heart failure, and also there are types of uh, postpartum cardiomyopathies causing heart failure, as well as right heart failure. There are multiple causes for heart failure, coronary artery disease, heart attacks, hypertension, abnormal heart rhythms, infections of the heart muscle, obesity, congenital heart disease, alcohol, and drug use are also complicating factors in weakening the heart muscle. There are certain medications as well that can play a role in weakening of the heart pump. There are multiple risk factors for heart failure, hypertension, myocardial infarction or blockages in the heart vessels, history of murmurs, enlarged heart, diabetes, family history of heart failure, and smoking. The signs and symptoms of heart failure can be um, demonstrated by a mnemonic used by the Heart Failure Society of America called FACES, F-A-C-E-S. Fatigue, activities limited, congestion or cough, edema or ankle swelling, and shortness of breath. So just a quick way to kind of think about what is a description of a patient with heart failure, the mnemonic faces is an easy thing to think of. Oftentimes patients as well have uh, dyspnea on exertion. They can't walk distances like they may have done in the past. They're restricted to their normal routine activities because of symptoms. They might have, a, have an increase in their sleep patterns with discomfort not being able to lie flat in the bed, instead needing two or three pillow comfort um, for their rest patterns. There are different classifications of heart failure. Uh, the, in healthcare, we frequently are changing and updating um, our descriptions of different diseases and changes. There's a new uh, universal nomenclature um, by the Heart Failure Society of America ACC and other organizations that presented a statement of nomenclature to provide continuity to how we address this um, in our work process. The new update includes description of heart failure, reduced ejection fraction, being symptoms of heart failure with a left ventricular ejection fraction of less than or equal to 40%. Heart failure with mid-range ejection fraction is equivalent to symptomatic heart failure with an ejection fraction of 41 to 49%. Heart failure with preserved ejection fraction is symptomatic heart failure with a left ventricular ejection fraction of greater than or equal to 50%. In addition, heart failure improved ejection fraction is symptomatic heart failure with a baseline ejection fraction that is less than or equal to 40 and a greater than 10 point increase from the baseline with a second measurement repeated greater than 40. A normal heart pump function, the squeeze of the heart, is normally 55 to 60 percent as measured by echocardiogram 
for heart failure. The description of how the heart pump function is described would be a normal percentage ratio of 55 to 60 percent. Um, that is half the blood filling the heart and pumping out to the rest of the body. The amount of blood provided by the pump of the heart, the squeeze of the heart, is the ejection fraction, the ejected amount of blood pumped with a squeeze. There are four stages of heart failure. These are categorized as stage A, B, C, and D. It's a descriptive way to identify where a patient is on a continuum of heart failure. Stage A is a patient at risk for heart failure, for example, with hypertension, but has no structural heart disease or heart failure symptoms. Stage B is a newer described pre-heart failure stage in which the patient has structural heart disease changes within the walls of the muscle, but still no heart failure symptoms. Stage C is what we categorize as symptomatic heart failure. And at this stage, there is structural heart disease with symptoms of heart failure. Stage D is advanced heart failure. This is considered refractory heart failure in patients who have continuous symptoms and require specialized interventions. In addition to the stages, we also use functional class one through four, which are descriptors that tell us how the patient tolerates their activity with symptoms. Complications of heart failure can include, but are not limited to, impaired kidney function, with de decreased perfusion and fluid buildup. Congestion from uh, the heart failure can result in pulmonary edema, peripheral edema, legs, abdomen, feet, swelling, arrhythmias, angina, or heart attack uh, also continue to be risk in heart failure. And cardiac cachexia is an unintentional weight loss in a heart failure patient of 7.5% of their normal weight in a six-month period. Additionally, GI symptoms, gastrointestinal problems, can be a complication of heart failure as well. As research continues to be provided in the field of heart failure, uh, we now have more treatments available for the control of the, this disease process. The plan of care for a patient is guided by multiple things. First would be an example, the reason for the patient's heart failure, whether it's due to a heart attack, hypertension, which is increased blood pressure, valve problems, or even in some cases can be due to excessive alcohol use or recreational drug abuse. Additionally, the type of heart failure guides the treatment for a patient. This would refer to where the patient's ejection fraction, the pump of the heart, is and the therapy defined for that specific ejection fraction. The severity of the heart failure also guides the plan of care based on the degree of symptoms. Other conditions such as renal dysfunction 
also guide our heart failure management. These examples are also combined with lifestyle changes by the patient, medications that are used, exercise, an example of cardiac rehab for the patient, various procedures that treat the heart failure, and ultimately in more advanced heart failure, there are a multitude of devices that are used as well as uh, devices including ICDs, defibrillators, pacemakers, loop recorders, cardiomem devices, and in stage D heart failure, which is advanced heart failure, um, a mechanical pump for the heart and or transplants are uh, therapies considered for the plan of care. When we look at medications for heart failure, the uh, advancements in research have brought us additional ones, and that field is continuing to grow. Common medicines used in heart failure would be beta blockers, angiotensin receptor nephrolysin inhibitors, often called ARNIs. An example would be um, Entresto, ACE inhibitors or ARBs, also aldosterone antagonists, vasodilators, Corlinor or Ivabardine, and newly on the scene is um, SGLT2 inhibitors, uh, one of which would be example of Farsiga, which is a medication that is actually uh, used in diabetes management, but in patients with heart failure, reduced ejection fraction has been found to decrease cardiovascular death and hospitalizations so is now being used in conjunction with a baseline heart failure regimen for benefit. Diuretics are frequently used in heart failure, and they are mainstay for symptom control for congestion. Also, various comorbid uh, diseases that occur in uh, heart failure may require the use of anticoagulation management. A patient living with heart failure Um, is frequently affected in many of the aspects of their daily living. Our goal as healthcare providers is to advance their therapies, to be able to assist them to do the things they enjoy doing with comfort and with control of their symptoms. One of the biggest recommendations is to set goals for your heart failure what you wish as a patient to achieve in your daily life. This may be something as simple as being able to walk to your mailbox to as complex as playing with grandchildren. But regardless, being aware of the things that you enjoy and being able to reach those goals. There is a zone, heart failure zone tool that we use for patients to help them at home in terms of thinking about their symptoms and where their heart failure is on a daily basis. It's much like a stoplight, a green zone for all clear, which indicates no symptoms or changes, a yellow zone, which is a caution zone, which describes weight gain areas, developing symptoms of cough, shortness of breath, fatigue, and others, and then a third zone called the red zone, which obviously is the emergency zone. And this is when the heart failure becomes uncontrolled and requires um, urgent evaluation and management. So we encourage the patients to use their zone card 
on a routine basis at home daily to question that they are doing their self-monitoring, watching their fluids, watching how much salt they're getting in their diet, and trying to be compliant with all of their medical therapy. Another aspect of living with heart failure is shared decision-making with your physician. This is a benefit to both patient and physician to be able to navigate the options in the patient's care, as it can oftentimes be very complex. Most important for the patient is to always, always ask questions. There is never a question that should not be brought to your physician's attention. It's very important to empower you with the knowledge of what can be done for your heart failure, how it would be carried out, and the implications for you. An additional consideration would also be for any patient, and this doesn't just apply to heart failure, but any patient, to work with your family to develop advanced care directive. Again, these are, wish, these are your wishes to identify a person for decision-making should you in your illness not be able to make these decisions. As well, living wills are a legal document that help to describe a patient's wishes for life-sustaining therapy. And these are a big part of the decision-making that you can do with your physician. In controlling heart failure symptoms, we must always be aware that we need to also be managing and treating the disease processes other than heart failure in order to be successful. Examples of this would be maintaining good blood pressure control, would be following good diets, not just for heart health in general, but diets that are low in sodium, and if we think about the actual daily content, should be less than 2,300 milligrams of sodium a day. The more sodium that goes into a diet, the more fluid a patient will retain. In addition, when we think about wellness with heart disease in general, we should stick to the perimeter of the grocery store, trying to avoid processed and packaged foods. That's where we lose nutrition we gain fat, and we gain sodium content. Oftentimes, it's helpful for patients to increase their meal prep at home, um, and this is a way to also help manage your health. Maintaining a healthy weight is another example of general wellness in cardiac care um, to avoid complications. Following your medical regimen is ultimately one of the most important things for all cardiac wellness understanding the medications that you take, getting assistance if you need help setting medications up so medication errors are avoided, and following your doctor's recommendations when changes need to be made. We think of heart failure management oftentimes just as the medical management, the number of pills a patient needs to take a day. However, one of the most valuable aspects as well includes exercise activity. Heart failure is not a condition just as any cardiovascular disease that we want a patient sitting on the couch. We want patients to be active and moving. Um, heart failure is benefited by aerobic exercise. One of the big components of our program is using cardiac rehab, which is 
an exercise program specific to cardiac conditions, including heart failure, where patients are actually monitored and they have a prescriptive program initiated to gradually condition them in their heart failure state and advance them. The goal for the patient is hopefully, once they complete the program, to continue this activity at home as ongoing exercise, specifically in heart failure with aerobic activity, is one of the more important um, aspects of their care regimen. Additionally, when we talk about living with heart failure and developing such things as advanced care directives and living wills, it's also important to consider aspects of palliative care and or hospice care in situations where heart failure is considered advanced and with limited avenues of therapy. These programs are not only for the patient, they are also of very good value um, and support systems for the families. Though heart failure has a connotation of the worst when we think about the word. There are many avenues of opportunity available now to patients as we get new research and progress in the treatment of heart failure. Patients now have the opportunity to be able to do many aspects of their life as they are managed with their heart failure treatment. Even advanced heart failure can give a patient a promise of life in that despite using heart pumps to help maintain a patient, they are very active using these pumps in their daily activities. Their life can go on and quality of life, more importantly, can continue with these opportunities. Thank you for listening to Prescribed Listening from the University of Toledo Medical Center. To learn more about the provider you heard on today's show, visit utmc.utoledo.edu. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate and review us on your favorite podcast app. More Prescribed Listening next week from UTMC.